All right, guys, it's James, and only James. Sam is not here this weekend. He's out of town because he sucks. Um, this weekend I am interviewing Gwen Rose Berenger. Uh, she has her own podcast she's doing, and I, I, I wanted to help her out a little bit, give her a platform, and get me an interview. So, uh, Gwen, say hi. Hello. I said say hi, damn it. Well, I'm not good at following directions, damn it. None of us are. None of us are. That's why we're here. <laughs> All right. So, I guess let's just jump straight into it. Um, questions. Uh, what's your favorite color? Uh, orange or purple? Not necessarily together, because they look like crap together, but, you know. False. They look like Halloween together, and you suck for saying they look like crap. They okay. only look like Halloween together if you involve black. Okay, true, true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's <laughs> moving on to a relevant discussion. Uh, tell tell me a bit about yourself, your hopes, dreams, life goals, when you want to die, things like that. All right, well. I live in this little shithole town in southern Oregon, and um, our law enforcement, I hate using that term, um, they are not the best around here when it comes to covering missing persons cases and things of that nature. Um, As I'm looking towards getting a degree in criminology and whatnot um, in the future, I kind of have a vested interest in these sorts of things, so I started this uh, missing persons podcast called A Light for Erica, focusing on a local disappearance around here that didn't really get a lot of coverage when it happened. That sucks. What exactly happened with all of that? Uh, but she um. was kind of this, like, traveling hippie type of chick, and uh, she wasn't exactly from around here, but she was staying here. Her name is Erica Hogue. Um, She allegedly just wandered off into the woods one night, according to her ex-boyfriend, and has never seen or heard from her again. Yeah, exactly, but, like, it it was just that the story is very bizarre. And things just don't really seem like, you know, they're exactly on the up and up in some cases. It's a little bit sketchy. However, the police haven't really been looking into it due to a variety of factors. Um, She dealt with schizophrenia. And, you know, crazy lady wanders off into the woods. Why the hell do they want to check that out? Yeah, why would they want to follow that? They might end up dead. (laughs) Exactly. I mean... And it's just, it's ridiculous, you know, technically she she would, she would shouldn't be considered, you know, high risk and somebody that they would want to look for in theory if they were, you know, at all moral beings. You would think, you would think. But uh, we all know police. We all know how they operate. If it's, if it's any kind of inconvenience to them, they don't give a shit. Exactly. So. It's, like, there are a lot of people who, like, have this innate distrust of law enforcement for that very reason. And, like, you know, I, as an anarchist, I have to kind of reconcile the career path that I want with my views on such things. It's 
well, it's a pain because I will have to find myself working with law enforcement eventually. But you're not going to be working for them or anything in the uh, private sector, if I'm not mistaken, right? Exactly. It's going to be a strictly private thing, but, you know, I am going to have to maybe Good rely answer. on some of their resources. <laughs> I mean, they do kind of have a monopoly on a lot of these investigative resources. You you really don't have much choice. Exactly. But so it's just kind of a matter of stepping back and being like, okay, I can I can utilize you for for good things. Yeah. yeah, you can actually use these resources for uh something, anything. They just kinda let their, their shit collect dust. For instance the the God knows how many rape kits that have gone untested for several years, like that would be a start for for the police to start getting anything done. They don't they don't investigate anything very far at all. No, it's, not at all. It's uh pretty pretty embarrassing for them, really. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't have they don't have a whole lot they have to do, but the things they do have they completely neglect. <laughs> so exactly. um so what made you want to get into this particular uh field of work? Oh man, that's that's a that's a slightly long story, but obviously we have time. Um We have time. So weirdly enough, like it kinda started out with a missing person in my own life, although she wasn't legally missing. Uh my mom, my biological mother just kinda dipped out when I was a kid. And I spent a lot of time looking for her as I was growing up. And I I found her when I turned about 25. And uh, we reconnected, um, started talking kind of regularly. But I still kind of just had that itch that I couldn't scratch. And after I joined the uh, search squad group on Facebook that actually helped me find her, um, I started getting randomly added to, like, groups focusing on missing people in various areas of the United States. And I started looking into them, and I was just drawn to some specific cases just automatically. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's just this gut feeling. And at that point, I I realized this was kind of something that I had a vested interest in. So I started kind of... um, I compiled some, I I don't want to exactly call them dossiers, but I guess that's sort of what they are, just files on my laptop regarding certain missing persons cases. And I'm crap on camera, man, so I thought about starting a YouTube (laughs) channel because there's a lot of true crime YouTubers out there, but what I realized I could do was start sending these files to some true crime YouTubers. And um, I actually kind of... I actually kind of made friends with one of them. His name's John Morden. I've I've sent him a few files over the last, like, couple of years um, on a couple of cases, including the one that I'm looking into. And um, he's been really helpful as far as just um, directing and guiding me and promoting some of these cases that I've sent him that haven't gotten a lot of coverage. And, um, hmm. yeah, honestly, um, watching just stuff on YouTube was, a really big kick in the ass for me to kind of get going on some sort of project on my own. And I realized that uh, True Crime and Missing People's podcasts 
were actually kind of a niche sort of thing. And as I've always been told that I had a decent speaking voice, I went, I can do this maybe. It's pleasant so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So, um, so something I am curious about, because I, I understand the whole uh, true crime YouTube and TV show type thing, but I've, I, I have to say your podcast being in this genre, this is uh, this is kind of foreign land to me. I, I what um what exactly does it cover and how? Uh, well, mostly um, a lot of people uh, stick to like the what the media is kind of covered, just generally speaking. And um, what they'll do usually is dig, get a like basic timeline of what occurred, and um, then they maybe hold some interviews if people want to speak about their missing loved one or friend, family member, you know, what have you. And okay, um, so kind just, of so kind of uh compiling research. Kind of compiling relevant information into a single spot, more or less. Exactly. Getting it out there into one single like video or, you know, audio file, so to speak, you know, and yeah. just just getting the facts of the case out there and hoping that it reaches the right person eventually, somebody who may have information that's been missing. That's useful. And, you know, once you have it all compiled, all you do is you share it, you spread that link like butter, and maybe someone who knows something will hear it, or someone who has something to contribute will hear it, and it just kind of helps itself grow. That is that is interesting. That's exactly. really interesting. Exactly. I mean... Think of that show from back in the 90s, I think it's actually still running, Unsolved Mysteries, and how they always had, like, the tip lines and stuff at the end of the episodes, and how many mysteries they actually ended up solving through that. And now with the Internet being kind of as wide, wide, like, reaching as it is, um, oh, yeah. you know, that's just sort of multiplied itself on this massive scale. Now, unfortunately, one thing I will say about the true crime podcast community is recently, like literally as I jumped into it, a couple of really big names started getting hit with plagiarism. And they plagiarized smaller podcasts that like in the same genre as far as casework goes didn't credit them. And so that's been kind of a little bit of drama going on there. But as I'm, like, literally the only podcast covering the specific case, I've been kind of looking out, going, all right, am I am I going to get hit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the same time, at the same time, as far as plagiarism goes in that particular uh, field, I, while I can see it hurting the little guy as far as uh, monetary compensation and such, um... I feel like that's something you don't really do solely for the monetary compensation. I mean, you get into casework like this specifically to find someone or to help find someone. So if a bigger name is plagiarizing you, more power to them. They have a bigger name. They have a bigger reach. And they increase the chances of the shared end goal. 
I mean, exactly. On that level, does. I mean, it, it works out. But at the same time, if you're not crediting all of your sources and you're blatantly just taking paragraphs and changing a word or two. Yeah, it, it's, it's a dick know? move. It's a dick exactly. move. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to try and look at the silver lining here. It has a shared end goal. So if a bigger name gets in and helps out and and the person ends up getting found because the bigger name stepped in, you know, it sucks. Credit not going where it's due, but hey, who cares? You help find somebody. You help save somebody. Exactly. And I feel... I Sorry, feel like you kind of something. How <laughs> give me that? You're not eating a piece of yarn. You're gonna poop that out, and it's gonna suck. <laughs> suck for you. You have to pick that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happened once yeah. before, and she yelled the whole time, and it, I was like, "Are you actually in pain?" And I actually had to take her to the vet, and it was this big thing, and the vet laughed Oof. at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn. Yeah, I feel kind of like uh, like getting into this particular field, this particular podcast genre. I feel like uh, getting into it, you kind of have to make peace with with the fact that you may get plagiarized. I guess exactly. it, it definitely it definitely is something that sucks, but the the ends outweighs your contribution like it, it it doesn't matter who finds the person as long as the person is found but at the same time at the same time you're the only one right now that we know of uh covering this particular case mm-hmm. like the the only two basically like reference points that you have that aren't this one news clip and some articles and the Facebook page that her family started, or my podcast, and John Lorden's video. Hmm. So it's it, it's just it's very awkward just knowing that there are bigger names out there who could cover the case, and I would very much appreciate it if they did. And even if I didn't get credit, honestly, I'd I'd be I'd be okay with that. Just yeah, based you're, you're, on the fact that, you know, I, the main goal is to find Erica. And with this yeah, being a hurt. small community, there's there's so many rumors floating around, man, and it's so hard to just kind of figure out what's legitimate information and what's just coming from some crazy person, you know. Yeah. Well, your heart and is definitely in the right place with this. Because while there are other bigger names that could cover this story, if they were going to, they would have by now. Exactly. And I live in my community. At the heart of it, this is a community issue. This is something that we should be working together to solve. The same can even be said about the police. If the police were going to look into finding her, they would have by now. Exactly. I mean, I got an anonymous tip in July before while I was gathering information for the first episode. 
and I sent it to the police. It was a, it was an anonymous tip about where her body could potentially be located. And it was pretty vague, but I sent it to them. And they told me they'd call me back, and I have not heard dick from them until last. And I've been recovering from a knee injury. Otherwise, I would have got a search party out there back when I got the tip, you know, and just gotten as many mm-hmm. people as I could have together. But, like, physically, I was not doing that well in July. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, see, even even with all the help they can get and with at least some incentive, they if the police were going to look for her, they would have by now. And I, I appreciate, personally, I appreciate having people like you within the anarchist community who can see the shortcomings of the government and organize a way to make up for it. Man, I appreciate that because I realized when I, when I realized this was what I wanted to do with my life, I, I expected some flack from my fellow anarchists in that regard yeah. you're, you're wanting to work with the state well yeah no. because it is the current structure that deals with the shit and has a monopoly on it <laughs> yeah they they have all the resources and they refuse to use them adequately and frankly state or no state it doesn't change the fact that this girl's missing and so you you have the heart and the means and the head to Utilize whatever resources are available to you to try and help find this girl. And that's that really helps shine a better light on anarchy. Because as an anarchist, I'm sure you know, the first thing people think about is anarchy is chaos. <laughs> so yep. it's it always it always warms my heart seeing anarchists out there doing whatever they can to make things work. And being that there is this missing girl, Erica, what was her last name? I feel bad. Hogue. Hogue? Hogue, yes. Okay. Erica Hogue, um, being that she's out there missing and the state's not doing anything about it, but they do have the resources to, it's, 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 good to see that you have the heart and the the head strength to go forward and use these resources that are being neglected to find a girl whose case is being neglected. Because there's there's plenty of other people that could look for her. There's I mean evidently you have interviews, so there's people that know something, but none of them have the the I guess, organizational know-how, I guess, to try to put things together, to try and make a case, to organize the data that's being collected to try and find this person. Exactly. And a lot of it also boils down to fear. Since this is such a small community, there is that fear that if something happened to her, if somebody, you know, murdered her, something horrible befell her, that anyone who gets too close to the truth could potentially put themselves at risk. And yeah, so that's why some of the interviews I'm holding, some of the interviews I'm holding are going to be anonymous for that exact reason. There are people who don't want their names associated with this case. 
but want to provide any information that they can. And, like, and then, I, I don't know. I've been told to be careful a lot while I'm looking into this. And I know I've got roots in this community. I'm I'm not going to be, like, I'm not afraid, but I will say that my desire to get to the truth and find Erica outweighs any sort of fear that I have as far as anything coming for me because I know that if anyone does, I'm protected. Yeah. Yeah. So moving forward, ideally, this case is not a lifelong case. Ideally, she gets found before you're dead. Absolutely. Um, do you do you have any ideas of uh, furthering this work? Any directions you would want to go? Perhaps uh, making your own office or something like that. Oh, definitely. I'm um, still saving up to go back to school to get my degree in criminal justice, and that's going to be what helps me get licensed as a private investigator in other states. Um, in some states, you don't necessarily need a degree, but it's helpful in a lot of them. And so my plan is to eventually, I want to um, become kind of a mobile private investigator. I want to get an RV. And I want to travel from state to state and help with cases. And see, that's good, too, because there's there's plenty of cases where someone goes missing, and, of course, it's not going to be, you know, oh, well, we kidnapped this person. We better not take them over any state borders. Mm-hmm. Like, there's people that go missing, and they go all over the damn place. Exactly. Some of them, some of them even ended up on Epstein's Island. <laughs> <laughs> Right? That was, I feel that was a matter of I have a certain amount of states I want to cover as far as getting licensed in, but that's, that's all going to take time. And the goal is to at least be licensed within the next five to ten years, depending on how getting my degree goes, how long that takes. So that's, yeah. that's, that's long-term thinking. <laughs> at least you got a long-term plan. Uh, and it's just baby steps. <laughs> yeah. It kind of sucks when you're when you, at the beginning of something and you're looking at it and you see it's going to take all of these years to get to that end goal. But then, you know, if you never start, that counter is never going to go down. Exactly. It'll so be so worth least, it by the time it happens. Oh, for sure. So right now, while you're you're still in the early phases of it, you know, you're still further along than you were yesterday. The day before that, you're still further along now than you were, and you're only going to continue making progress. Yep. And I am excited to see how all of this goes. Like I said, this whole this whole genre of podcast that you're running is entirely foreign to me. I didn't know things like this existed. So very interesting stuff. That is so awesome. I am so glad that I could introduce you to these particular types of podcasts. Um, there are quite a few that I've used kind of as inspiration points. Um, this woman named Marissa, she uh, holds this podcast called The Vanished, and that's kind of where I got a lot of my formatting from, admittedly. Like, yeah. I've I've been listening to her for, like, at least a year. <laughs> oh, wow. And... um 
She focuses on a different case every episode, though, which, wow, I do not know if I would have the tenacity to do that. That would be, that would be just mind-breaking. <laughs> you would kill yourself doing that. Holy shit. Right? Oh, it's so like she, but she has like a team of people on her end, and I'm like, this is just me recording shit in my kitchen. <laughs> it kind of makes you feel a little small. Exactly. I'm like, I am teeny tiny, but I am doing this. <laughs> nice. And it's definitely, it's definitely good that there's other people out there doing this because it just, like you said, it inspired you and. You, there's a good chance you're not the only person that's been inspired into this particular uh, podcast genre and this field of work. So it's it's good to see more people doing more good things and more good comes of it. Exactly. And I mean, hundreds of people go missing every year, dude. And there are so many unsolved murders out there. And just, it is it is absolutely heart-wrenching. The amount of things that just happen to people, the amount of people who just vanish, and there's so little work being done. Their cases have stalled. I I understand why certain police departments even are overwhelmed by just the sheer volume of shit that goes down. But, yeah. you know, it doesn't help that they're also focusing on things like, you know, possession charges and victimless crimes, things of that magnitude. <laughs> they're, they're focused on they're focused, all their time is being consumed by shit that is completely irrelevant. Like there's there's actual things going on out there that needs a dedicated workforce to handle it. And you're out here pulling me over for speeding. Like, really? <laughs> Right? Go look into some damn sex trafficking rings and do some good in the world. <laughs> right? Go go do something. Go justify your existence, damn you. <laughs> right? One could only hope. And I mean, I... <sighs> Can I go off on a little tangent here? Is that allowed? Oh, by all means. All right. So I took one of those Ancestry DNA tests. Oh, and... Boy. <laughs> and I kind of like my, my my father didn't really know his biological father growing up and it turns out that part of the reason why is because he was a married police officer at the time Ooh. so I technically come from cops and my grandmother who was adopted um, she, when I did my DNA test, I kind of managed to trace back her lineage to a line of Texas Rangers. Oh. <laughs> my dad's side of the family, incidentally, is peppered with cops. And so that was a lot of fun to discover, but that also kind of led me to believe that maybe this weird investigative drive that I have could be in some weird way a genetic tendency <laughs> could be i mean like. slightly slightly relevant story to your tangent um i come from a long line of soldiers uh, my dad is military my dad's brothers are military my dad's father is military and that's my stepdad my biological father was military 
his his father was military. My mom's dad was military. All of my uncles on my mom's side are military. Like every, all of them are military, and I am the combo breaker. But <laughs> but I still have this drive to fucking boogaloo. <laughs> like I I my heart aches to go boogaloo. I want I want to load up some shit. I want to go out there. I want to fight for some goddamn freedom. Not going out to the Middle East and killing brown people. Nah, nah. The standing army in the States, the standing domestic army that is infringing on our rights every single day. I say it's it's time to do something. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> It feels like a genetic tendency because most people that join whatever branch of the military, they typically say that they're signing up to fight for your freedom and all that. And Okay, I, I can see that. I feel we both have the same end goal, but I'm an anarchist and have an entirely different interpretation of what that means. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page with you on the genetic tendencies. <laughs> Right, right? It's it's so weird. It just sort of translated differently to us, but it's still there. <laughs> and it, it also goes to show that state or no state, people have their place. Not this not this super weird class caste system, but people have their calling and the thing that they they feel they need to do with their lives. Exactly. And unfortunately, the state will just manipulate that and take advantage of it and create bullshit of it. We 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 know the whole state. This isn't about the state, though. This is about you and your thing. <laughs> and so far, so far, your thing sounds pretty fucking cool. <laughs> well, huh. I am definitely glad that you're giving me this opportunity to chat some about the podcast. Because, I mean, recently we reached 100 listens, which is amazing. 100 people have heard Erica's story. And that just warms my heart in a way that I cannot explain. Like, I, I saw that number. I was on vacation coming home from a family reunion. I opened my phone, and I went, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> we beat the double digits. Exactly, and I'm going to, my next step, I think, is what I'm going to do is I am going to actually start promoting the podcast in uh, local media like the um, local newspapers and uh, local radio stations and things like that. Like, I do want it to be widespread, don't get me wrong, but the answers, I feel, reside a little bit more locally. So it makes yeah, sense definitely. to kind of do that grassroots thing. I mean, I put flyers out around town, and some people keep taking them down. I got some flack from a local um, cigarette store because flyers can only stay up for a week at a time, and you can't keep putting the same one up. And I just keep putting the same one up, and then I come back a few days later, it's gone. I put another one up. <laughs> Print it on a different color paper. Right. So, like, one day it's pink, one day it's lime green or something. So it's a different <laughs> flyer, definitely. You can just alternate yeah. between the two. 
right? Either way, they're not going to get rid of me. I'm I'm going around once a week to every local business that I can think of that's allowed to put flyers in the windows and making sure that my flyer's still there. If it's not, I give them another one. I mean, I've gotten, you know, some, some, some crank calls, people who say they have information, and then it's very obvious that they don't, you know, but that just, that happens. I was expecting that. <laughs> yeah. You don't put your phone number out into the wild like that and not expect someone to be a dick. Exactly, and that's why it's a separate phone number from my personal line, because I didn't want my personal line blowing up. <laughs> right? Smart girl. Very smart girl. <laughs> I mean, it, it just it, it makes all the sense in the world. When I was thinking about it, I went, hey, wait a minute. Do I really want my actual personal phone number out there in this instance? Nah. <laughs> nah, because people can text that and they can send you things you don't want to see. Exactly, and at least if they send, uh, you know, other lines, that sort of thing, I can just ignore it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know. Definitely, definitely a good story. And the work you're putting in, holy shit, the work you're putting in, that is more than most people have the willpower to do. I mean... I got to do something to keep my brain busy while I'm, you know, working at my freaking nine to five. <laughs> yeah. It just, really it, there. It's so it's just draining just working at a restaurant and knowing that I could be doing so much more with my time. So I have to compensate by doing something in my off time. And there you in go. the meantime, I'm, I'm going to go back to school probably sometime next year, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Nothing else becomes an immediate financial, you know, sucker. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I'm I'm on the right track to getting this taken care of, getting this accomplished. Um, Erica's sister should be coming out this way at some point. Oh. Fairly soon here, and she, I think, wants to organize another search in a couple of areas. And since my knee is a little bit better, I might have to put the brace on, but I can definitely wander around and help some with that. And um, so I'm, right I'm really looking forward to that, honestly. Like, as, as, as much as the circumstances kind of suck, I mean, progress is progress, dude. And the objective is to bring her home and figure out what happened. I mean, yeah. the, the fact that the, the last person to allegedly have seen her has taken off. And I don't even know if he's heard about my podcast. I haven't reached out to him personally. I'm waiting for him to come to me, her ex-boyfriend. Um, he left this area. It's It's all very sketchy. He got picked up for a meth possession charge, which... You know, I, I I don't really feel one way or the other about people possessing things, but at the same time, tweakers are sketchy. <laughs> tweakers are pretty sketchy individuals. Exactly. Like, do what you want with your body. Put as much drugs in there as you want, but uh, you're a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just leave me the hell out of it, you know? But right. he got picked up for that. 
Then a few weeks after he got released, he mysteriously found some items of Erica's in the woods near where she disappeared. Um, And then about a month after that, he just fucked right off to Hawaii. Well, that's interesting. That is a very uh, strange turn of events. I mean, granted, he's a traveling rainbow family type, like hippie dude, allegedly, so it does sort of make sense as for his character. But at the same time, if the person you're calling the love of your life just, you know, poof, vanishes, you kind of want to maybe stick around near where they were last seen in the hopes they'll come back to you. I mean, unless he knows something that, that you don't, what about the possibility that she's in Hawaii and just staying really quiet? Maybe they eloped. Right. I mean, if if that were the case, he wouldn't exactly be contacting her family with, like, you know, things that psychics have told him and be posting about how much he misses her and things of that nature. Okay, fair point, fair point. Huh. I've I've been kind of discreetly checking out his stuff. I mean, I don't think he's going to listen to this, so <laughs> I can say that. It's not that stalking, here. it's investigating. Exactly. I mean, it's <laughs> it's only stalking if contact's made, technically, or if... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, for the most part, it's a trip, and I, I, I can't get a lock on how I feel about the guy as far as whether or not he had anything to do with her disappearance. Or if he's just some sketchy tweaker trying to make himself scared. Or if he's just trying to get better, you know, quitting quitting the shit and going to Hawaii. Who knows? Who knows? Huh. It's going to be interesting watching that develop. Yeah, and I, I just, I genuinely hope that he, he gets wind of the podcast and reaches out to me so that I could speak with him personally, maybe. I mean, obviously, if I spoke with him in person, I would have to have some people around to make sure nothing sketchy happens. But, you know, as far as just talking with the dude on the phone or something, like, I'd I'd be down to hold an interview. Yeah, he he can't, can't do any weird shit over the phone. I mean, he can do weird shit, but not threatening weird shit. Exactly. And I mean... Keep your distance. I feel like if he if he gets wind of it and he genuinely wants to help and get his side of things out there, then he will make contact with me eventually. I'm not going to force it. Otherwise, that might scare him and force him to lock everything down, you know. Like, yeah, he might get a little bit freaked out thinking I'm trying to point fingers, which I'm genuinely not. The goal is to remain as objective as possible. Yeah. You know, so... If you do have a hard time getting information out of him, I heard uh, they do this thing in Guantanamo Bay, uh, waterboarding, do that. (laughs) And we do have a few waterfalls locally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's going to wrap things up for now. Um, Yep. It has been a pleasure. Uh, if you want right now, we can go ahead and 
plug all of your stuff, your podcast. If you have a page for it, go ahead and say what you must say, and I'll go ahead and uh, end the end the episode as soon as you, I guess, do your outro. <laughs> all right. Well, the podcast is called A Light for Erica. That's E R I C K A. And um, you can find it on Facebook at A Light for Erica, um, on Twitter at just Light for Erica, on Instagram at A Light for Erica. And um, the actual page is hosted on Anchor Podcast, so it's anchor.fm slash A Light for Erica. And currently we're available on Google Play, um, Spotify, um, Breaker, I want to say, a bunch of different platforms, but you can just listen to it on Anchor if you so choose. Which, being that uh, you are on Anchor and I am on Anchor as well, uh, anyone listening to this show, she should be on the same platforms as I am. So whatever you're using to listen to Voices of Volunteerism, you can use to go and check out A Light for Erica. Yes. So... With that said, uh, I think we'll go ahead and call it a day. I still have some preparation for my next episode later today. Nice. It's it's a long day. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for having me. (laughs) No problem at all. Definitely uh, an interesting podcast. I had to learn more, and I figure if I'm going to learn, everyone else is going to learn with me. (laughs) Fantastic. You have a lovely day. I'll let you go. And I'll uh, get this all put together and put up soon. All right. Awesome. Have a good one. Can't wait to hear it.